Live from the summit in Phoenix, Arizona, the core presents Sales Training Bootcamp with Jim Bass and Roy Mason. Today's topic, work-life balance. How are you guys? Good. Good to see you. Well, are we all in the right class? What, what class do you think you're in? Afternoon Bible study. Well, if I'm in the room, it probably will turn into that. <laughs> so my name's Roy, and I serve as the chaplain for this group. It's a part-time gig for me. My primary responsibility is running an overseas uh, Christian ministry. I just got back from West Africa, and uh, it was an incredible trip there. We're there twice a year. We've got a team of about 25 that work for us over there. And uh, I enjoy coming to these events because I get to be with people like you. But more than with people like you, I get to be with people like Jim. Now, Jim and I know each other pretty well. We talk twice a month uh, on a scheduled call with each other. And uh, I never know if he's helping me or if I'm helping him. But what I know about Jim, he's an ideal example. He's a, a loving husband. He's a committed father. Uh, he's a good coach. He's a good realtor. But basically, he's a good man. When anything is going wrong, he knows where to look and how to look for it. And I'm honored to be sharing this stage with you, Jim. So thanks for letting, letting me come alongside you. Wow, I greatly appreciate that. So as praying people, obviously, in this room, I would ask for a little bit of a prayer. Because I don't know how often you guys get the privilege of speaking with a mentor. Roy is truly a mentor, not just to me, but to our household um, and to my community and my world. When I run into struggles with my children, my wife, myself, um, young people, I, 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 I just blow up Roy. I mean, I, I had 75 kids at my house two Mondays ago, and I, I sent Roy the video, like the whole house is shaking. And, you know, I'm like, we're doing his work. We're doing God's work. Look at us. Look at us. But also, Roy is a professional speaker, right? So he walks into our classrooms and tells us what we're doing well, what we're not doing so well, and maybe worth some opportunity for some growth. So when I'm standing right here, I'm like trying to be real, I'm trying to be calm, I'm trying to like, but it's kind of like a rock star. So I, I'm, always, I'm always greatly appreciated. And there, there's the, um, the, the secondary value that this man brings not only to our organization, but to my household personally, is my wife knows how revered he is for me. And when I fall out of line, she will use the Roy card. I'm going to call Roy. <laughs> She's like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call Roy, or I'm going to tell Roy, you ask Roy if you should do that. And I'm like, whoa, easy on the Roy card. Like, he's my safe space. He makes me feel good about myself. He corrects me when I'm wrong. But, like, the Roy card, I'm like, wow. You know, I hear that all the time that all these wives are going to call me. <laughs> Only about three or four ever have. Listen, we are, we're in this work-life balance class. And Jim and I wonder why you're here. Why, why did you choose out of all these classes that you'd come to this one? Talk around your table for just a minute. Come up with two or three reasons that you can share with us. All right, let's come back. 
Who's going to be the spokesman of this table? You are. Okay. Yeah. You be the spokesman of that table. Who's going to be the spokesman of this table? Him. Okay. Who's at this table? Anybody but Phil. Okay. How about at this table? All right. Just pick out a spokesman who it's going to be. Okay, good. So, Eric, you get around. What is something you learned, not just what you need out of this class, what interested you in what you heard at your table of why they're here? I, I think this is all somewhat related to what I shared with me, but <clears throat> in the market that we're in, and just real quick, my oldest kid is here. I've got five kids. My oldest kid is level three. Um, but the first 16 years of his life, I didn't know him because I worked all the time. So now I've got a 12-year-old at home, and I feel like I'm slipping back into the, some of the same habits I had a long time ago, and I don't want that to happen. It's super important that I maintain it, but then I'm also being coached, you need to work 60, 65 hours a week, but I also need to be a dad. And I'm also 54, and I'm tired. <laughs> so, you know, I, want to, I need to find the balance again. Okay, okay. Um, anything else at this table? So you just need... You need to reconnect and get family back where it needs to be. Okay? How about you? Yeah, so we talked about presence. So, like, personally, like, when I'm with my kids, I'm thinking about work. And when I'm at work, I'm thinking about my kids because of, like, selfishly, like, or just feeling this sense of guilt. And then we talked about similar, like, hours we're putting in and how much we need to put in okay. to make up. So, trying to okay. find the balance. So, so, so a, a sense of being present. Yes. Okay. Yes. Good, good. Anything else at that table? All right. How about this table? Okay. So, yeah, we're going to need you on this. But this is really cool because we've got two sisters that are working together that both have uh, young kids that they're trying to figure out balance. Mom of four kids, that's the breadwinner, trying to figure out balance. We've been trying to figure out balance for years, and it's all because of me. And we've got going to be single, or she's going to be a mom, and just left her career in running to join her husband in real estate. So we've got this super cool blend of people at this table. We need your help. <laughs> I'm glad Jim's here. Um, all right. Uh, we kind of talked about a, a mixture of the same thing. Um, basically, you've got kids at home. Uh, if you're working hard, you're kind of taken away from them. If you're at the house a little too much, you're taken away from work uh, and finding that balance, but also just kind of focusing on priority, figuring out okay. what are those priorities and non-negotiables possibly that you're, you're going to stick to. Perfect. So. so priorities. Okay. How about this table? I think it's just uh, balance in general um, is good for everybody. Um, talked about fulfillment being fulfilled with everything, whether it's work, whether it's with your family. Um, and then for me, it's just really coming from the class of structuring my team, being able to delegate so I can free myself up. Okay, good, good. Anything else somebody wants to yell out at us? Okay, Patrick? I struggle a lot with uh, my own vision. And I'm wondering, like, is that something that I myself truly wants or is it just something that I want because somebody in my life told me I want that okay okay now Patrick and I talk every week we talk every week on a call um and and you know no no listen Pat, Patrick's had some challenges had some life issues that came along and went through uh got some issues with little kids and, and all those kind of things and so I think he does a good job 
at, at staying pretty balanced. Now, you're a knucklehead, um, and you have to tell Patrick three or four times the same thing, but on about the third or fourth time, he says, oh, I think I should do so-and-so. I said, that's a great idea. Um, I'm glad you came up with that. But we'll, we'll address some of that. Thanks for being honest. Yeah, so one, one thing I saw here recently were some statistics that when your kid goes off to college, you've already spent 85% of your time with them, and you only have that 15% left. So I want to make sure that that 15% that I'm there and present and making the best of every one of those moments. All right. Well, wow, these are some good things. So, how, Jim, how are we going to get them? How are we going to fix all this? Well, I love that. So um, I love this event because we're looking at business planning, right? We take a holistic view of where we've gotten to this year, where are we now, where are we out of balance, where do we want to be, right? How, how many wheels rolled on the wheel of life yesterday? Bill's, Bill's finding some balance. There's not enough hands in the room. When my mentor, one, two, that's not good, right? I have a huge flat spot all of a sudden. Oh, 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 Bill. <laughs> yes. So what I think uh, an easy vehicle, I'm, as Phil knows, I'm a high C, right? So I'm an operations mindset. So for me, it's like, let's break it down, right? Let's reduce it to the ridiculous. So let's take a look at the seven boxes of life. We've got a separate form on page uh, 340-ish. And so work. So somebody said, hey, how do I get it all done? I'm slipping into bad habits. I made some mistakes when I was a young dad. I made the same mistakes, right? I found myself working seven days a week. 16 hours a day, and I didn't even own the company. And the fact of the matter is, I self-justified it because for me, a measure of a man was giving more to your family than what you received. So in my mind, I justified it that, hey, I'm doing it for them, I'm doing it for them, I'm doing it for them. Fact of the matter is, they don't care, right? They don't care that you're trophy winning. They don't care that you're walking across the stage to get the plaque, that's all self-serving, mm -hmm. right? They just, they, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm -hmm. And so for you to say that, it resonated with me at a big time. So slipping into bad habits, yes, your coaches are requiring more from you guys now, right? I, I don't dispute that. I think we need more of you. It doesn't have to be more time, right? How many become a super freak in getting things accomplished before you're heading out of town. I mean, Roy goes to Africa for weeks. I'll guarantee you his desk is crystal clean. All the outstanding post-it notes and to-dos or whatever are wrapped up. Like, I, it, it's a recipe for me to be weirdly and wildly productive. Like, why can't we do that? Like, work like you're heading out of town. And for some of us, it has to be that way. If I'm daddy daycare and I have to pick the kids up, if I'm mommy daycare and I have a hard line, that's the way you need to treat these. These are non-negotiables. Rick was on us today about too many things in our business, and I think Roy and I will talk about too many things in our life we make optional. That's right. It is not optional to be a dad. It is not optional to be a spouse. It is not optional to not take care of yourself, right? I think we can only be as good to ourselves, as good to anybody else as we can be to ourselves, right? It kind of starts with that. I mean, that, I mean from what I understand from Scripture, it's, it's him first, my spouse next, 
me, and then and we trickle down. So right. for me, I think the work stuff for us, that's how I'm finding balance in, in the work D- stuff. Did you hear what Jim said, though? As you're going out of town, you do more. You get it all cleaned up. I'll bet you every one of you do that. Now, I don't think you've ever seen my desk, but Phil has, and it's clean. I mean, I, I, I treat every day like I'm headed out of town because I'm headed out of this town to home. And I see that as the trip I'm going on. I'm leaving here. I'm going there. On the way home every day, I pick up the phone and call Mary. Say, honey, do you need me to stop and get you anything? Every single day. I told Ricky I had to start doing that, and he hated me. He hated me for it. I said, but listen, it'll be the right thing to do. You heard him talking about the garbage cans and those kind of things. It's the little stuff. you got to be present in all of those things. So I think that headed out of town is a great analogy. You know, we talk in life about we're all, there are all these storms of life. You know, you're living, this is not a bad market. It's not a good market. It's the market. It's where you're living right now. Now, there may be some storms in it. But I wonder, Jim, when we talk about the storms, I've always taught that you're at one of three places. Either you're headed into a storm, you're in the middle of the storm, or you're coming out of the storm. Today in your life, Talk around the table. Which of those three places do you think you are? Headed into a storm, in the middle of a storm, or coming out of a storm? Talk around the table. See what you come up with. Between in and in the middle of. Okay. We have a mix uh, in the middle somehow. So you've got all three of them. Yeah. Who, who at this table thinks we're coming out of the store? Okay. How about this table? You've got clouds up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not market related. I said I'm coming out of the store for everything. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, but think about in life right now. Do you think all of us in this room, because we're out of balance, is it because we're headed into a storm, we're in the middle of a storm, or coming out of a storm? Middle. Coming, coming out. One in. Coming out. Middle. Listen, you're always in all three places. Because it's not a single storm we go through. Life is a series of storms. Now, you go balance all these things that you want. I think there are five steps to having balance. And then we'll get to the seven possibilities. I think the five steps are, first of all, you have to choose that you're going to have balance. It is a choice you make. When you stay at work four or five hours extra, did you hear Jay's story yesterday about when he brought his daughter to work and he put her in the outside office and he went to work and forgot she was out there? Now listen, he made that choice. He made that choice and he regrets it now. He's repented of it now. He said that's never going to happen to me again. And did you notice how passionate he was sharing that faith? Now, when he started talking about a calendar and other stuff, it wasn't his passion because it wasn't his personal to him. If your life is out of balance, you've made the choice to be out of balance. You just decided what I'm doing at work is more important than what I'm doing at home. And I'm so glad Jim said what he did. We always like to spin it 
that we're doing it for them, but it's always about us. We make everything about us. We are an egocentric, self-centered society. No matter what I do it in Africa on mission, if, if the air conditioners aren't working in my room, somebody's going to come fix it. <laughs> when nobody else in the whole area has got electricity, we got a generator running, my air conditioners aren't working. It's all about me. And I know if it's that way with me, it's that way with you as well. So the first thing we have to do, yeah. So, what if you, what if you truly feel like you are almost trapped or obligated, even though you're calling it a choice? Like, what if I feel like, man, I just have to do that, and it's kind of making me out of balance? Like, what if you, like, easy example, let's say I have zero dollars, and it's like I got to go to work and make some money because I can't pay my mortgage. I mean, that's like a have to. That's not a choice, is it? I, I, that's not a choice. But the way you do it is a choice. I mean, be this God says that he created, he created everything in the book of Genesis. He divided day from night. He put the sun and the moon in sight. God gave us 24 hours in a day. And that's all you're going to get. You know, every time you say yes to something, you are saying no to something else. But you don't say, I'm going to say no to three things so I can do this one thing. So, we do have to make hard choices. But the number one choice is, my number one responsibility, other than what Jim said to the Lord first, my next responsibility is, is to marry. Um, we've been married 44 years. And I'm a knucklehead. I, I mean, how she ever stayed with me that long, I, I, I don't know. Hey, can you check to see if you're on? Oh, definitely not. There you go. Definitely. Okay. How about now? Um, yes, I wasn't on, I guess. Uh, the, the truth is this, though. If she's the priority in me, in my life, then I have to choose to make her that every single day. You have to know your priorities. Choose your priorities. You have to choose them. Now, they're not all bad. They're not all good. But you have to make a choice. Everything you do in life is a choice. Jim chose this morning what suit to wear. He chose uh, what pen to bring. He chose what shirt to wear. That was a choice. That was just a choice that he made. So I think we all have to learn that we are making choices day by day. And as we're doing that, the second step is we have to commit to our choices. We have to commit to our choices. We have to get to the place that we say, I am fully committed to what I'm doing. Now, if you've, made a, if you've made the commitment, you've made the choice, the job is first, it's the most important, then you've got to commit to the job being first. Now, we, we can't tell you how your life ought to be balanced, what it ought to look like, but I'm telling you to get to the balance you want, it's a choice, and then you have to commit to it. And once you've committed to it, then you have to complete the task every single day. So you move from the choice uh, to, to the commitment, to the completion of what you're going to do every single day. Then you have to learn to let the two sides of your life complement each other. Don't have them at odds with one another. Understand that you're doing what you do as, as a part of who you are. 
And then once we've done that, we have to continue in it. You have to keep on keeping on. This is not a checkbox program. This is not something you do once for always. I mean, once and you're done and you turn the page. This is things we have to do. If we're going to get balance in our life, we have to do this every single day. So with that in, in mind, you got any questions about that? Yes, sir? To stay in balance, would you? Th- sometimes I feel like my priorities might change depending okay. on if I feel a little out of balance at work, then maybe work becomes more of a priority. Or if I'm like, oh, my gosh, I haven't been paying attention to the kids so much, and now all of a sudden my priority, like maybe it's a, like a percentage focus or something. Like, Do you feel like those priorities or the things that you're choosing, has, like does it change? Or is it supposed to be constant forever in your life? I think it will be constant. But I also believe that it it comes down to to perspective. You have to know what's really important in my life. And at the end of the day, the things that ought to be important are the things that last forever. What are the eternal things in your life? I, I was telling you we've been married 44 years. Um... We met in the sixth grade. I liked her halfway through the sixth grade. It took her until about the 11th grade. <laughs> but I was committed to it. I was committed to this. I, I, I don't know how I knew that, but I felt even in the sixth grade that this was someone I was going to spend my life with. Now, that sounds sappy and syrupy and all that, but I'm just telling you it's my truth. And um, somebody asked me yesterday, why did I... What, what was the quality in her that I, I Maybe it was the coaches maybe. What's the quality in your spouse, your significant other, that you admire the most? It's that she loves me unconditionally. Just meets me where I am and loves me. Corrects me when I'm wrong, but I never wonder does she love me. And that's the complimentary. When you, you, when that's you right. reference complimentary, it's not, oh, baby, you look hot today. It's, it's somebody that, it, it's, it's the utmost of, Iron sharpens iron, you know, as far as that's concerned. I love that. I, I didn't know that about Roy's story. I met my wife in sixth grade. I moved into the town. I went to high school a year ahead of her. She came in there, and then, you know, we things happened a little bit later on. We started dating in junior high and have been married 35 years. It'll be 36 in June. There you go. Um, and S- something truly, about the sixth grade will keep you married a long time. <laughs> But to, to Roy's point, I mean, she loves me in spite of myself. Like, it's, it's, it's different. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but I, we're, we're, I'm, a, I'm a, again, she's a, maybe there's a little bit more to an opposite to track. She's in high eye, like literally off the charts eye. She can't say no to anybody or anything for any reason, right? I'm just a very tactical guy. So I relate it to balance is tactics. And I think the tool that we use is where we are now, the wheel of life where we want to be, and you find out where that wheel is not round, where it's not big enough, where it needs to grow, and I think that's a tactic. At the core, what's our motto here at the core? Friend on the back of everything. What is it? Mm, Close. Oh my goodness. Yes! Profitability via accountability, right? So we have an accountability tracker in here that you guys can work from. It's just a weekly at a glance. Like, accountability works because it's not like society today. It's not gray. It's black or it's white. 
That's why our program works. We are P&L driven owners, right? There's no, there's no gray. It's red or it's black. You're profitable or you're not. You're in balance or not based on what you want. And so we'll, we'll, we'll go on some tactics or tools, you know, as far as that's concerned. Let's go ahead and start with this. So, look, I want to give you a couple, again, I'm just a tactics guy. I'm going to rattle off a couple of things that have helped me find balance. Um, Patrick said, look, I, I, I got to go make money. I, I feel like I'm, I'm taking away time from the kids, but I got to keep a roof over their head. I got that. I think that's right. So I think we need to be super, super diligent in protecting our time. Like our life depends upon it because it does. That's right. Like Phil's experiencing this right now. 85% of his influence on John is like not as opportune as coming in. I'm going to share some tactics with him where he will keep in super relationship with that as well, even in college life. But um, we have to be better delegators, right? It's just, it's math. What Roy ke- or, uh, Rick keeps telling us, this, this summit is not about emotion. It's about math, right? It's dollars and cents to find your hourly wage and everything else that is beneath your dollar, hourly wage that you can delegate to somebody else needs to do that. So the bulk of your time needs to be spent on the highest dollar per hour activities, like the face-to-face, the closing of clients and everything else. I went to rapport leadership. Part of where I discovered my measurement of a man was like way wrong, right? And what I came back with, my, my mantra, and actually one of my students sent me the wall plaque and it's, it's on my house, um, that I, I'm, I, I promise to give myself, I, I promise to give my family the best of me instead of what's left of me. So when I was trying to do them better than I did myself, I would work, work, work until there was absolutely nothing left. I, I just, I couldn't think anymore and then I'd go home and I'd walk in that door a shell of a man. And that's, that's not what my wife married. That's not what my kids need or want or deserve. And so I'm hard line on my finish line. Like I literally, five o'clock, I am spinning wheels out of the parking lot or going to the lacrosse field, whatever the case may be, right? But I literally, and you have to reset yourself. Whatever it is for you, there's all kind of ticks we can do. I have a note on the garage door. Before I walk into the house, it's a, it's a paradigm shift. Give my family the best of me instead of what's left of me. Now, I've already left work on time, but is it not swirling in our heads? Like a lot of you are not really clear. Are we heading into the storm? Are we in the storm? Are we heading out of the storm? So if these fears and anxieties are swirling in your head, you might have left the office, but if you come in and that's still there, you're not being present. That's not what they deserve. I don't want you guys to walk away from such a phenomenal life with regret. Like, find this balance and, and get some things straight now. Um, you know, Jim, something that helps me with that is when I turn onto my street, it takes me about 20, 15 minutes, depending on traffic, to get from my office home. When I turn onto my street, I turn my phone off and I leave it in the car. I don't take it in the house, I don't look at it. Somebody says, well, what if, what if Jim needs you? He can call Mary. She'll have her phone on. But I learned a long time ago, I don't have the launch codes. Nobody needs me that much that quick right now. I can call you back in the morning. And I will. Leave me a message. I'll call you back bright and early in the morning. But if you will learn to turn your stinking phone off, you will have more balance almost immediately in your life when you get home. 
Turn the phone off. One more thing, uh, two more tactical things for me under the work section. Um, what is the first page in the Blue Beast? Anybody know? It's a to-do list. Do you guys not live in the Blue Beast? Right? It's a to-do list. It's what we have to do. Right? So before you spin wheels out of the parking lot, a gift that you give to yourself and your team is you should all throw up everything that's in your head about what I'm trying to get done, what I need to get done, what I'm worrying about tomorrow, what I need to get done later in the week. Before you leave the office, part of a kind of a, a transformational thing is dumping everything that's in your head, pen to paper, pen to pen to pen. There's some science on this that there's, um, there, there's some processes that happen overnight, like in your subconscious that are moving these projects along, right? Your team needs to do the same thing. Give them that gift, right? Dump everything that's in your head before you get out of there um, to, to make sure that's done. And then lastly, we've got a couple husband and wife relationships or teams. You guys got to agree, there is no real estate conversation in the house. Our, our house is six o'clock, no more real estate chatter till nine o'clock. And it's the only time when I can do this to my wife. She'll, she'll, she'll start a little real, I don't, ah, oh, 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 remember, we, we agree. Anytime else I raise that hand, I'm in big trouble. So, so that's the one we've agreed for that. Jim said. Yeah. So uh, th those are some of the work tactics, that, the focus that I need to do. I need to work like Superman. I need to be super diligent on my schedule. I need to prioritize the things that I will allow. Like Roy's driving this home. Everything that we're dealing with, we're worried about, we're anxious about, it's a choice, right? You choose what you're going to let take up your work time and what you're not. You've got to delegate the lower dollars per hour stuff. One other thing for me, and the last thing in this on work section, and it's just a, it's a psychology thing. Um, I'm getting a little more Dr. Philly, a little freaky. I kind of like it, right? So it, too often we're talking about past clients. But like we want to be their agent for life and referrals for life and all this. Why are they not our forever clients? Just a little mind shift, right? Everything we're doing in our shop right now is transitioning from past client tactics, from referring them to past clients to past client events, blah, blah, our forever clients. We now have a forever clients newsletter. Once you're in our fold, you're never getting away. And the reason I bring that up here is because when we give ourselves permission to cap our business and choose who we work with, i.e. our forever clients, uh, Patrick and, and Phil did a mic drop class on VIP and community, and they just talked about doing things that you enjoy. Well, I would take that over to the work, like only work with people you enjoy. And when you've agreed to cap yourself, and as Roy drives us home, it's all a choice, right? So if we're mind shifting from past clients to forever clients, that means we're choosing who we want to work with, how we're spending our time, when we're choosing to leave, most importantly, who we're choosing to be when we walk through that threshold. Like there's got to be pattern interrupt. As Roy said, turn off that phone coming down the street. Like start it, yeah, that's probably a jump for me. One step in from the garage and there's not enough time for me to decompress sometimes. So I'm gonna have to start doing that coming down the street, yeah. Assuming you've done that, you've turned your phone off, you set foot in the house, your spouse is asking, how was your day? How was work? 
that happens to me all the time, and I start thinking about work even after I'm done talking about it, and it's really hard for me to switch that off again. So do you guys have any tactics or tips for you, You'll laugh at mine, but go ahead. I was just going to jump in real quick. We uh, dealt with the same problem. Uh, and so what we actually went uh, on one of our date nights and talked about it. I said, hey, when I walk in the door, what's something that you could do to help me to not digress back into work? And uh, I said, one thing for me is tell me something that's cool about your day. Tell me something that's cool that's right. about what happened to our son. You know, anything. Don't ask me about work. She, like, Hey, tip. She just did. She's only being polite. Oh, yeah. She asked how your day was. Yeah. She doesn't want to hear about your nightmare sellers or your bad. But it's it's clients. usually it's that She's training that because it, it was like how's work and I'm she, like oh like so. She's not. Yeah. She's That's right. Guys, yeah. it's a tip. It's a tip. <laughs> it's like hey, now you need to ask me how my day was. So I listened to a lot of Jay Shetty. And um, the same thing would happen to me. I'd get home. I didn't want to talk about my work. And uh, you have to train your spouse or your partner to tell them what you want them to ask you. Like, how are you feeling? Or, um, you know, just same way that you talk to your kids, but you have to train them. Listen, I think you're exactly right. The spouse is just trying to connect with you at that. And that's all she knows to say. Mary does it every day. I answer the same way every day. It was another day in paradise. And she knows everything was fine. Um, I grew up in a Navy house. That was a typical answer you heard all the time. It's just another day in paradise. The only easy day was yesterday. And so, but it doesn't help to relive it. So, so part of the reason, part of the reason I call to say, do you need me to stop and get anything? Is to see what I sense in her tone and her voice and things like that. To know what am I walking into? Is she frustrated by something? Hey, baby, why don't we, when I, if, if I think she's frustrated, hey, why don't, we go, why don't we go out to dinner tonight? Why don't we go over to your favorite taco place? Why don't we go to this Mexico? I hate Mexican. But she loves it. So we go there every time she's having a, a bad day. We go, and, and you know, it's just, it's just to connect that way. But don't take it so seriously that you have to relive it. You've got to turn it off. It's a choice to turn it off. Anybody else? So why, why don't you list there, there's a one and a two in that box. Uh, why don't you list in that work area, what are the two things you need to deliberately address in your work life? You should immediately know what are the two things you need to work on. Now prioritize those. Put the one out there. Is it a one or a two that's the most important out of that category? Now, once you've identified it, then you have to start asking yourself, what am I going to do to address it? Make sense? And nobody can do that for you. You, you have to figure out what you're going to do to address it. I don't know if you guys caught what Roy just said. He had you pick which of the two was a priority, was the highest priority, right? That's a tactic that we use here at the core called priority parent. So if you're like me, you're going to walk out of here with... Man, I might be up to four to five pages of notes already that I need to boil down. So Roy's tactic of priority pairing is what's most important, what, what I can get implemented quickest, and what's going to make me the most money. So money is the second box. I want to touch on that one real quick as well. Um, I'm going to tie it to relationship just because historically 
I don't say money is the root of all evils, but with success comes sin, hence the reason we got Roy here to keep us out of the gutter, right? Keep us straight. Um, I, super personal to me, my kind of a best friend, later, uh, late, late teens, married my sister. That didn't go over with my, me well in the beginning. I got used to it. He got married, he had three kids. They were married 20 some years. She left him and he was just broken and, and he came to me and, and, and I, I, didn't, I didn't know they were in financial trouble. I mean, I, I, I feel horrible that I didn't know. I didn't talk enough about money publicly. We don't talk enough about money publicly. They didn't talk about money together. He's like, I, I, I worship her. I, I, you know, I, I, from the time I get out of bed and coffee and everything else all day long. I'm like, dude, but what about the money? Oh, she was good at that stuff. <laughs> I didn't know. He was self-employed. I'm like, that's a together thing. Like, when you guys push that to the other person and say it's because they're good at it, it's because you don't want to face the reality of the money issue. You know there's money issues. You guys got to forge that together right out of the gate early on. I don't care if it's the bottle of wine and it's bill paying night right here, right? The money strategy Roy te or Rick teaches us is a shoebox. All the bills go in the shoebox at the end of the month. Then we pay the bills. We pay the highest credit card ones first and, and finance charges and everything else and we work it down. That has to be a joint decision. Roy talked about complementary early on. This is how we're comp this is how you're compromising in a relationship. What's most important to us? It might be situational. Patrick says, do things change? Yeah, I think they change. You, so both the decision makers need to be making these decisions about money. Here recently, your coaches for, for level three students should have introduced speed limits. Like we are hard, hard line speed limits right now. Your businesses need to net 50% profit at a minimum. I think Rick kicked it up to 55%. Force, 20% savings, non-negotiables. That's a conversation you guys need to have together, right? And the sooner you bring your kids into money management, and not the bills, not the bills, allowance, life is an exchange, That's right. right? Everything is, is, is a barter. There's consequences for your actions. There's opportunities for your actions, right? I think the sooner, our society doesn't talk about money. It costs my sister and my best friend in marriage for no good reason. Just one little tactic, right? The kids don't know about money. You know, I, I just think it's an opportunity for us to really kind of move that needle early on for us. For us, Cheryl uh, has, has been a bookkeeper of the family. I don't let her do, I mean, that was something that we chose together that she could be a stay-at-home mom and she could enter all the bills from the shoebox into, for me it was Quicken, Dulce, way back in the day, all the way through. So she would do the bookkeeping, print out the reports, we'd go over it, and then I'd get in usually once a month and reconcile things the way I needed to reconcile or chart of accounts and things like that. I mean, I don't, I don't need to get granular with that. But there was conversation, and it, it became kind of funny that when we would go to couples events and you know different things like that, I could every once in a while hear her talking about, oh yeah, we track, Jim has it, we track every penny down of it. He says it's really important for us to know how much it costs to get the little doggy toenails painted. 
It ain't important for me to know. I want her to know. Do you know how much we paid to have gold toenails painted? Like, what's wrong with us? Like, that's, that's, no, no, that's not good. And then the other women are like, oh, he don't need to know. That's my credit card. That's his credit card. I'm watching some of these new relationships nowadays. Absolutely. Separate bank accounts. How? How? Why? You know, I, one of my lacrosse coaches that I have to, I, I'm, I'm coaching high school lacrosse. I kind of got forced into it, but I really like it. But I, 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 I'm really coaching the coaches as much as I'm coaching the young guys. And Roy's coaching me on coaching the coaches. And my one guy was getting engaged. And they had kind of picked out a wedding and engagement ring together, and he bought the ring. And he was kind of super frustrated and super pissed off because he couldn't find a watch of equal value. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, she's getting a ring this much. I, I, I got to, I get, and I'm like, mm, dude, mm. this is not 50-50. Like, if you were walking into this relationship 50-50, fail, loss, won't happen, never going to work. Right? It is 100, 100, right? So, I don't know. You, you know, Jim, I think what you started out saying there a minute ago, I don't want to say that money's the root of all evil. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. And that's one, that's one of our problems. We don't like to admit it. We don't like to acknowledge it. We want to keep it hidden away. We're more spiritual than that. We don't, we don't love money. Yes, we do. I mean, when I started putting our team in Africa on a P&L, you know, we, we have saved out of what we were spending just by watching it more closely 30% this year. 30% year to date that we've saved that we had been spending and not knowing where it was going. Makes all the difference. Money, will be, th that coach you're talking about, he's destined to fail if he starts on that kind of ground. You, you know, I, I don't, mar we, we're at Christmas time. You know, I never know what to give him. Nobody ever, I don't need anything. Mary says, well, what do you want? I said, baby, I, I just, we'll just have Christmas together. Give me a ball cap. I don't care. And she said, but I told you I wanted a new iPad. I said, you'll get one. But you don't need to receive. She said, well, I got to give you something that expensive. I said, why? I said, I, I just need a ball cap. That'd be fine. Just give me a new ball cap. She, went, she just went back to play golf yesterday for the first time in a long time. <coughs> Fell in love with the clubs they had here as rental clubs. So I now know what a, another gift can be for a birthday, that same kind of golf clubs next year. But I don't need new golf clubs. I don't want new golf clubs. I, I need golf balls more than I need golf clubs. And I'm thankful to have Phil in my life because he'll bring me golf balls all the time. So listen, the, the, the other box, I think you need to do the same thing. Put the two things in there where you struggle with money and then prioritize it and say, how am I going to fix that? All right, the next section on the, on the form is your love life. Now, we don't have time in this class to do it, but I think it's vitally important that you know your partner's love language. There's a, there's a form in there, a test in there. You can take that love language test and find it out. It will change the way you operate. Like your phone call where it says the wife asks you this, that may be her love language is that she, need, she needs to be more interested and invested in you which really, here's what happens. The language we speak is our language. You know, we think we're speaking their language, but we default to our language. 
Do you know what I mean if I say that? Like I spend a lot of time overseas, and I watch people in airports all the time, and I used to be this guy. Um, you get to an airport in a country nobody understands anybody, and the Americans are the worst. We walk up and we start asking directions from somebody, and uh, I was standing behind this guy in an airport in Munich, uh, no, in Frankfurt. Uh, I'm sorry, it was in Prague. And uh, he started asking this person a question, and they couldn't understand him. So he asked it again. How do you think he asked it? Louder. I said, he asked, it got louder and louder. I literally touched him on the shoulder. I said, the problem is not that she can't hear you. She can't understand you. And he went, oh, I, I, I wasn't trying to be rude. I said, well, I'm just telling you. Why don't we ask somebody over here that speaks their language to do it for you? It was a game changer for him and for me. I can always find somebody in a place that speaks both languages. You have to know your spouse's love language, your kid's love language, uh, your team's love language. You, gotta, you ought to do a love, la a love language test with everybody in your, in your circles, everybody in your office. You ought to know what their love language is. You know, somebody loves words of affirmation. Uh, another one might be physical touch. Now, that, that doesn't mean you've got to have sex with everybody. Physical touch means there are people that enjoy you putting their hand on their shoulder. How many of you like that physical touch language where they're, they're just tapping you on the shoulder when they talk to you? Yeah, exactly. How many of you don't like that? There you go. How many can take it or leave it? No, you like it better. You like, you like, it, you like it more than you think you do. Because you, you always come to me first thing and put your hand out to shake my hand. That's somebody that needs that physical touch to know they're appreciated and approved. Do that kind of thing. So as you look through that, put the two things in your life, in your, in your love life, in your love language. Now, you ought to be doing date, uh, weekly date nights. How many of you are doing every week a date night? Wow. Uh, okay. How many of you do at least two a month? How many of you have done one this year? Well, Phil raised his hand. Have, have done at least one. Okay, good. There you go. Now we've got somewhere to start. Do better. And, and listen, these don't have to be elaborate kind of things. I mean, it can be Mary and I like to ride bikes. So some, some of the times we'll just go out and ride around for a while. You know, she likes, uh, she, she wants me to go with her to the grocery store once in a while. I love that. Because um, you will buy some stuff when you go to a store. I never knew we needed kumquats, but they look good. I think we need some. Anything like that where you're just spending time together, that's what the date night's about, spending time together. So the two things you need to improve on that, what's the priority of them? And then, Jim, I think we can lump together, uh, I think, family and spirituality and friends. But because the truth is the measure of your friendships, the measure of your life with your family and with your friends comes upon the foundation that you've built your life upon. Now, for me, it's Jesus Christ. I'm unapologetic about that. It's not for everybody, but he is for everybody. I mean, he is available for everyone who believes. And what I've learned in life is this. I do better with him than without him. 
Do I fail him? Absolutely. But I know that he's ready to meet me every morning on the park bench. I always have the illustration of saying, God and I are going to meet on the park bench every morning at 630. Every time I show up there, he's right there waiting on me. All the days that I don't go, he's still at the park bench waiting on me. It's never God that doesn't show up, it's us. And we let everything push out of the way and take that time. You ought to at least do these three things. You ought to listen to some devotion every day. I like John Maxwell. I like uh, John Claypool. I, I like um, uh, who did utmost? Uh, Oswald Chambers. Uh, there, there's a plethora of them. And if you find one you like, send me a text and ask me if it's okay. Because there's some really bad ones out there too. And some of the really bad ones are about big name people. But it's not biblically solid. So that sounded judgmental, didn't it? That's okay, it was judgmental. Because judging means to weigh it out and say, does it line up with the word of God? So begin the day reading the proverb. There's, there's 31 proverbs. There's no month with more than 31 days. So just read the proverb that matches the day. Now, if you're new at reading scripture, I would tell you to download the Bible app, Bible.com, and look for the translation that is NLT, New Living Translation. It's the easiest thing to understand. It's, it's accurate. It's accurate to the original languages, but it's so easy to read. And then if you've got a friend like Phil, Phil sent me, one of the greatest gifts I ever got was a hardback cover of the book of Proverbs. And you know, I've sent that to people after you sent that to me. That's a great thing to have just there to remind you all the time. So read the proverb that matches the day of the month. Read a devotion every day. Keep a prayer list and keep a gratitude journal. How do you begin your day with gratitude? And then how do you end the day in gratitude? When you look back at the end of the day, you want to have life balance. Get to the place that every day when you look at the close of the day, you are grateful for things. Because, Jim, I learned a long time ago of this. I don't know how to say this like a preacher. You, you can't be pissed off and grateful at the same time. You know, I can be so angry about something, <clears throat> but if I pause and think, what am I grateful for? It changes my disposition altogether. Look for things you're grateful about. Now, this is not just for this class. You heard it this morning saying the same thing again. That's a standard thing that I think keeps our life in balance. I think if your life does not have gratitude, you will never have balance. It all boils down to that. My takeaway is very simply, without gratitude, there is never balance. With gratitude, you'll always be balanced. I love that. That's awesome. Um, I, I, I want to share. I'm, I'm going to share some of my tactics. I'm a tactics guy. I can't help it. Um, for family, family tactics for me that, that have worked out well, and, and different cheats that I've learned from people that I that I, uh, that I look up to. And I, and I should have said this too. I, I've been super blessed. Roy is one of eight mentors that I've had in my life. That it literally, and he 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 doesn't know it. He's probably been the most um, beneficial, both. I mean, it just has made the most impacts on me because it's real-time events that I, I can kind of go to him. So 
if you guys see somebody that's having great success in an area of your life that you want to work on to be balanced, go seek that person out. Like people that are that people that are do some areas of these seven lights well, like they're happy to share, right? So I, I seek people out that I see, hey, they're doing really well at that. Like how, how do y'all do it? What do y'all like? So in, in coaching, and, and, I'll, and I, I kind of come to Roy from times, like a lot of the guys I've coached, I mean, I mean, I started soccer players three years old. They've been all the way through, and uh, most of them are still with me in high school and play different sports. And as divorces become more prevalent, they're, they're kind of off. Like, I, I, I empathize with them. I, I, can't, I, I can't relate because I didn't have that, but um, they're, they're, they're frustrated. They've got to choose to go to mom's house or dad's house. They feel like they can't please. They feel like they're torn. Like, a lot of pressures and stuff like that. So I try to make sports a, a safe har- harbor for them, like, to, you know, to build them up. And that was a nice transformation to me to not coach old school coaching, like spit in their face versus positive coaching lines and things like that. So that's been a big thing for me is leaning into those boys and helping with them, uh, finding out their struggles. For the family side of it, it's been game nights, um, individual date nights. Patrick called this out on the last class um, that he did with VIPs. I mean, your family is a VIP, and you can't just, uh, we call it, we call it three Fs. It's not F3. Phil's F3 is a good thing. My three Fs are forced family fun. Like, we're doing it, <laughs> like it or not. <laughs> it's cool. It's time. I don't care if your love language is not quality time. It's going to happen. And sometimes it starts off not that way. But over time, it's kind of like why we at the core like break bread and face-to-faces. Like, break bread, more importantly, something happens when you eat. You just kind of, you relax, you overshare, and if you commit to this time, one-on-one, one-on-one with these individuals, whether they're at college and it's FaceTime or whatever, what's happening? They need to hear, they need to know they can count on you for that voice. My son knows, me and him, in the car, phone's down. Like, it isn't Snapchat, it isn't TikTok, it isn't YouTube, I don't care. If I'm driving, we're talking. Like, we're talking. And they'll start off like, how was your day? Great. Nope. Nope. What does great look like to you? Why was that great? Why is that important to you? Same thing we do with our clients, right? So I am, I'm, selfishly though, I do need to know. As dads, like even when they're real little, do you ever let your kids win? No. No. We're not a participation family. No participation trophies here. I'm going to beat you until you can beat me. I don't know if it's right or wrong. Sorry. Um, now I'm embarrassed. Now I'm in front of my men are telling them, bearing my bearing witness to these bad things. Um, but I, I tell you, the other thing I was talking about, you know, work is kind of the, the number one, not because it's the priority. It's the first one we talk at because it's the one that kind of, I think, is so hard for us to stop allowing it to trespass in our world. Like, I think there's numerous studies that have shown the most successful children, the most calm children, the most comfortable children have family meal time That's right. together. It is so important to us, right? Guaranteed, without fail, <laughs> soon as I came back from a rapport leadership and decided I'm not giving them what's left of me, I'm committed to giving them the best of me, five, five is the minimum, seven a lot, six, five or six, five or six nights a week, guaranteed family dinner time, right? 
lots of games, lots of family vacations together. Um, my wife said as long as we keep paying, they'll keep coming. So far, that seems to be true. It's worked really well as a father of two daughters um, and a son, but my daughters is who I'm vetting. The two daughters are vetting the girls for my son, so that part's kind of taken care of. Um, I take these young men on vacations with us. Uh, my, my new son-in-law, uh, we did 17 days in Hawaii. And I'll tell you, you can put on a good face once or twice. Right. When you see somebody morning, noon, and night, maybe a little bit of alcohol, or maybe a little hangover, like I don't know, I stress test them. Like you really, and I could genuinely see this kid was all into my daughter. Like he was just, I'm like, I even have time with daughter. I'm like, Andrew's doing really good. Like you need to lighten up a little bit. Like it's a little tough, right? Like I don't know where she gets it from, but you know, it's kind of silly. So, but it was really good to stress test those young men and it's working out really well. How, how many of you don't have kids at, at home? You don't have kids in the house right now. Okay. Uh, Okay, but, but you, you don't have these children that you're having to nurture day by day and stuff. Go back to the meal thing. If it's you and your spouse, if, you know, if it's, if it's you and your spouse, you still got to have, take meals together. And you got to do it without the TV. I mean, you know, the one thing that we're, we're guilty of sometimes is saying, well, let's just eat off our lap in here. That doesn't work. You know, you got to have that, you got to have that time. Now, but we don't ever have, I don't remember the last time Mary lit candles or anything at dinner, but we we eat meals together. And um, in the summertime, we in the in the fall, and even the spring, not the dead summer. Rest of the time, we love sitting on our back patio having a fire burning, and we'll eat dinner out there a lot of times. And um, you know, we have the best conversations around the fireplace. So if you don't have a fireplace, you need to build one. Because they're seeing, so you know, why does Rick love fire pits? Because it's relaxing. He smokes a cigar, but you don't have to have a fire pit to smoke a cigar. But there's something relaxing about that. How many of you watch his videos that he sends from home when he has that Zoom thing you can get on? Is he always on his porch? And there's a fire burning right beside him. You know, just. Find those kind of places you can do that family time and things like that. How many of you have a family text string? Like my son was having a field day last night, blowing up Ted Lasso and Jim Basso side by side <laughs> across the girls in California that couldn't see it. So it, it is a way. Like, we literally got rid of, I had Microsoft phones. We got rid of Microsoft phones and went to AT&T because they were the only ones who had coverage in UNC when my daughter went to college, just so we could family time. Um, but it's, it literally, it is a way to be so connected morning, noon, and night. Like, just, you can actually share and I think really keep the bombs alive as far as that's concerned. It's been, there's, we, it's, we're blowing it up kind of all day long. Not while I'm in here, but, um, you know, we're, we're really blowing it up and you just in real time showing videos, showing videos, the whole nine yards. So, family text strings, I think, have been really good for us. One thing for men, I, w I would tell you guys, um, because I've got older daughters and, and, and my God had a plan for me with this, this amazing young man, um, and I've been able to be fully present for him and he didn't have to learn through my growing pains that the girls did. 
um, as much. Um, but as I've watched the cycle of a dad, right? So when they're young, we're freaking Superman. Like we can do anything. We can go through walls. Then once my daughter got a little older and she started heading off to college, she was like questioning me sometimes. Well, like, is that really right? Do you, do you think he's not always right, right? And then it was like, you're not right. Like I'm a freshman. Like I got the world. Like there was, there was, there was we were at opposite ends. I'm like. We're, we're, we're hitting into some non-negotiables, girl. Like, we have never had this in our entire life. Like, these are some areas you're trespassing. Like, there, there's some problems here. Um, and then a little bit older, and now a relationship, a little bit older, house. Oh, hey, Dad, I need some help. Hey, hey, hey. And now I'm back to Superman again, right? So, I um, mean, like, it cut. stay the course, right? Stay the course. It will come back around. Um, and then the last thing I want to say, just on my, my part for family life and everything else, this was another area that Cheryl and I are both guilty of. Um, and uh, Todd, Todd said we were stupid. Like, we, 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 it was our 10-year wedding anniversary, and we were um, taking the kids on a cruise or something. I don't know. That, that's what we were doing for our 10-year wedding anniversary. And he's like, what are you and Cheryl doing? And I'm like, well, we love, I mean, literally love family time. Like, it's, it's I, I just love it. And it's... It checks both of our boxes off at a high level. And we're very different personality types, but that we're so aligned with. And I'm like, that's a gift for us. And he's like, that's, you, it's supposed to be couples. Like, how, how long have you been married? At that time, it was 10 years. How long has he been divorced? <laughs> okay, facts, right? Good. It's just well, math. It's true, true, very true. Well, but what I have seen now that I'm older and I'm watching our friends become empty nesters, and, but fortunately, I had the blessings of the core and the commitment and date night and things like that. Um, we, I think both her and I prioritize the kids over us. And I think what happens and what I've watched happen with a lot of our friends that are now becoming empty nesters, that I'm always running with Christian, she's always running with Brittany, now they're both gone, and I'm like, who is this stranger I've been <laughs> sleeping with for the last 20 years? Like travel sports, app, I mean, I mean, like our schedule, we have fair, shared family calendars on the refrigerator and our phones that everybody can see. We're like, at, there's weeks we're going crossing in the night, but you've got to make time. This is your lifetime partner. Mm -hmm. Like you've got to make time, make that a priority. Plans where you want to be, where you're five years, all the things that we do business-wise here, I think are really universally transferable. All the VIP stuff we do, our clients need to be done to our spouse first, right. and then our kids and our families, and then all, all the missions. So I, I think a lot of it's very transformational that we can do it, but it just, it completes that, that like, I, we want, here at Decor, we want your wheel to grow, and we want it to roll and role as being an unbalanced. And the good thing about it is you can't fix what you don't acknowledge, right? So when we look at where we're at now and when we transfer it over to the wheel, if that wheel doesn't roll, it either rolls or it doesn't, right? It's an area of opportunity. Fix it. Like Roy makes it so simple, I even transfer it to my son now. And I'll even, I'll even tell him, I know what you're going to say, or I'll tell Cheryl when she starts playing the Roy card against me, he'll say, well, just stop doing it. Like, just don't do it. And I'm like, all right, I know that, but, you know. So when you're out of balance, just 
stop doing it. Fix what's out of balance. You know, Jim, I think that the, the key to balance is gratitude. But I also think the key to, or another key to balance is how you are in that marriage relationship. That that's going to determine where you go. That's going to, that's going to really set the course that you're going to be on. I was in Africa. I had a tough trip to Africa this last time. Uh, after about two and a half weeks, we were leaving and coming home. And uh, Mary had to deal with lots of stuff back home. Um, she just had to deal with it. So I was literally sitting in the airport in Africa. And I said, you know, Mary deserves to go somewhere. So I got on my phone and uh, made reservations down in Clearwater, Florida. And uh, I called her up just before we took off. And I said, hey, baby, I get home at um, um, 3 o'clock Saturday. How you feel about going to Clearwater on Sunday? She said, well, that's, that's, that's a lot for you. I said, no, it's a lot for you. And so for the first time in my life, I'm on an airplane. And, I mean, coming back from over there, over the ocean somewhere, and I get a ping on my phone that says it's time for you to check in. So it was time for me to check into the next flight. So I got home at 4. We got uh, about 3.30. We got up at 4.30 the next morning and boarded an airplane and, and flew down to Florida and stood, stayed there for five days. Now, why did I do that? Did I need to rest? Probably. But I needed her to know how much I appreciated and loved her and wanted it to be all about her. Listen, the more we can make it all about them, the more balance comes our way. When you elevate, they will always elevate in return. Well, did we address the things you want us to address? Did we help you? Um, any, you got any other questions for us? Yes, ma'am. Just like from experience, maybe Jim too, like I have a five-year-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old. So like like talking to them in the car and like, you know, like a two and a half year old, like I love, like she's so funny, but like can't really have a great conversation with her. Right. And so like those date nights you have individually, like, or that time you spend like for younger kids, any suggestions? I wasn't, I wasn't, um, the dad I am now then, so I can't really relate to it, but I do see many, many of our friends shove an iPad in their face, shove an iPad in their, why can't you say, let's play the, License plate game. Right. Let's play the animal game. Like, I'm old school road trip guy. Like, there were no iPads. Like, we found and, and every two-year-old and five-year-old loves ice cream. Take them for ice cream. Little th love the park. Love the swing. Love all that kind of stuff. And, I mean, it's, it's that quality time you're building. They'll, they'll never forget the ice cream. My, my grown kids come home and still go to the freezer looking for ice cream. My grandkids come over, and the first thing they do before they say, hey, Pop, is go get... A, a, a nutty buddy out of the out of the freezer. Ice cream, playtime, all those things are perfect to do. And moms and dads love children that are tired from running at the park. Absolutely. Crash, sleep all at night. I have a little bit of advice on that. So um, I have a nine-year-old, and then I also have a five-year-old. And my coach told me, he said, or she said, um, 
it doesn't matter how much time that you spend with them or the activity that you're doing as long as you're present. So you could be building a puzzle with them for five minutes and your phone is put away and you're 100% in it with them because the little kids, they know when you're not paying attention. And so as long as you're present, it has to be, doesn't have to be something big. Just, just be there. And why, why do you think all little kids like to have something in their hand, like an iPad or something else? Because they think that's what an adult does. Uh -huh. Gosh. That's terrible. That's exactly true. That's it. That is sadly true. Anybody else? Can you share, Jim, kind of what your morning routine looks like? How do you set yourself up? Yeah, I've got, I, I usually go down and work out first thing in the morning. I've been into a rowing machine now that my old bones can't do much else, so rowing's kind of the full body for me. I do the proverb. I do the Maxwell lesson. Um, I get all that done before the little man comes down. We do breakfast. We do an athlete devotional for him. Um, Joe, so that part moves on. He heads out the door. I head out the door. We kind of run. Um, nothing fancy. I mean, yeah. I don't, don't, I don't meditate. It's scary being alone in my head, like stuff like that. But um, somebody else mentioned, or maybe it was Roy. It was Roy. You know, one thing that I do, one thing I do really well um, just again, I just I love my family. I love my wife so 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 much. Like I never, I don't think there's ever been a trip, and I've had a fair amount of business trips. I don't think there's ever been a trip that I don't leave a love. I never know when I'm coming home. I never know when it's going to be my last flight or my last trip. And I always leave them a handwritten note. Each individual kid, my wife, something really meaningful that I think about them. Cheryl always gets flowers before I go. Um, I just, you know, I never, I never take it for granted. We don't know when the last one's going to be, right? So that was one. Um, and, and you know, Jim, remind us, we, we always talk about, we think we're so busy. We think we're so important. We've got so many issues. I have to be reminded all the time, every issue I have is a first world problem. You know, when I get back from Africa, I see what real problems are. Yeah. And uh, Jim will call me with something, and he already repeats it now. He's going, I know it's a first world problem. And if you can keep that in perspective, it makes all the difference in the world. This too shall pass. So regardless what you've done with life balance up until now, now we start afresh. You said it. You made a pledge for the whole room. We're going to do the date night. We're going to choose to, do, to, to have more balance. We're going to do those things. Let's see it happen. Love that. Hey, and take advantage of that. Take advantage of the uh, love language test in the book, 341. Please do it with yourself. Please do it with your spouse. As Roy said, your team and everybody else is really close to you. I mean, just like he said, Mary, gifts. Like, she kind of enjoys gifts. That's good. I mean, look, any cheats that we can get for guys... Like, that's just awesome. I'm a physical touch kind of guy. I'm not allowed to say this, I don't think. Cheryl's going through the change or whatever you all say. Like, I can't touch her. Like, ignites the sweats and everything else. Like everything. So even though personal touch is my favorite thing, right now I'm choosing not to do that for sanctity of trying to get to 36 years. But, but, but that's not her love language. No, it's not. Okay. Especially not now. Right, right. Um, this too shall pass. Oh, man. <laughs> um, back of the book, QR code. Please scan that. Uh, and, uh, again, if for any reason Roy and I didn't earn a five, 
please stop him at the door. He'll be happy to say a prayer for you guys uh, or let us know. And, and listen, Jim, if, if we did it, if we gave you good stuff, give us a five. If we didn't, don't give us a three. Give us a one. Ooh. Either we passed or failed. Yes, sir. So uh, just let us hear the truth about that, okay? Thanks for being here, guys. It was a lot of fun. You've been listening to the Core Sales Training Boot Camp. For registration information about our two-day business building summits, call 1-800-660-6670 or find us on the web at thecoretraining.com.